It's intern John. Celebrate the coziest season with Safeway. They're bringing all the fall flavors to you. From pumpkin everything to caramel apples and all of your seasonal favorites. Make the most of those fireside dinners, game-winning touchdowns, and warm family gatherings. Visit your neighborhood Safeway today or shop online for easy pickup or delivery. They're here to help you spice, season, and savor every moment. Sincerely, Safeway. Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're taking over. Say, Lord, speak to me now in Jesus' name. Let's make our confession of faith together. I'm ready to hear, then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, speak to us. Do what you do when you do, how you do when you do it, because you do it so well. You are the God that we need to hear from. We love you tonight. Come on, open your mouth say, I love you, God. We love you tonight. We adore you. We worship you. Father, we refuse to allow hate to dominate. Come on, y'all. We refuse to allow anger to agitate. I need you to make that declaration. Say, I refuse to allow hate to dominate. Say, I refuse to allow anger to agitate. In Jesus' name. Let's get into this word. Guys, we're in a series. This is the first before last. The last message is on Sunday of our series, Parables. Has it been blessing you? It's been amazing to me. Parables are stories that Jesus used to illustrate principles. And Sundays was the parable of the talents. Tonight, I want to spend and focus in our time on the man that received the one talent. Somebody say the one talent. Let's go to Matthew 25 and 14. Here's where the story is, and we're going to go through it one more time, but I want to focus our energies again on the man that received what? One talent. Uh, sometimes when you get less than others, you can see it as a punishment, and it's not. It's supposed to be a testimony. For some of you, you weren't dealt a good hand. God knew you weren't dealt a good hand because he controlled the hand you were dealt. But he gave it to you, watch me, not to punish you, not to make you think you were less than, but because he expected you to be the testimony. Can I speak to who you are really supposed to be in the earth? You are not supposed to be the one where everything was done for you. You're supposed to be the one that said, you know what? When I look around, wasn't nobody there to help, wasn't nobody there to get me through but God. And I tell you who you're supposed to be. You're not supposed to be the one that was necessarily given a silver spoon. You're supposed to be the one that said, I wasn't given anything, but I went and bought all of the cutlery. 
Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I need you to know you are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You are the history maker in your bloodline. Why is that important to know? Because if you don't see yourself that way, when you're not given a favorable hand, you'll think that it's unfair. And the reality is it is unfair, but that's because you've got the God on your side. And if God be for you, you will often find yourself in unfair situations because you're only counting yourself. But the situation is looking at you and God. You miss me, so I'm going to say it again. Let me back that thing up. You only see you against your Goliath, but Goliath sees you and your God. Y'all miss me. You only see you against your obstacle, but your obstacle sees you and a legion of angels fighting for you. What I'm trying to tell you is God knew up front that you and I were going to be dealt situations that weren't unfair, but because we had him, he was going to make it right. So watch me. It is not that God, watch me, was punishing you. Please hear me. Say, I wasn't punished. Say, I'm a testimony. I need you to catch that. Say again. Say, I was not punished. I'm a testimony. <clears throat> Matthew 25, 14. So if you don't think that way, you'll act foolishly. Matthew 25 and 14. For it will be like a man. It is the kingdom. I taught you that on Sunday. What's God's kingdom? It's how God does things. It's God's MO, his modus operandi. So God says, this parable explains how my kingdom operates. He says, a man was going on a journey. He called his servant. Say, I'm the Lord's servant. Question, if you're a servant, then you can't get mad when you tr get treated that way. I'm going to say that again. Many people, you get angry when you get treated like what you say you are. Servants are there to make it happen, not to have their feelings considered when it's being made to happen. Sometimes you get too caught up in your emotions about how somebody said something to you and how something was given to you and the way something was given to you, which means you've already lost the sense of who you're sent to be. You are sent to serve. Consider Jesus. Jesus is washing the feet of men that he created. Consider Jesus. Jesus is sitting here healing people that would later not even show up to his crucifixion. You better hear me. Oftentimes, you're going to do more for people than they even have the capacity to do back for you, which is why you have to stop looking for people to repay you and look to God. The Bible says, knowing that whatever good one does, he'll receive the same from the Lord. I need you to open your mouth and say, I'm not expecting anything from anybody. Say, but God. Come on, some of y'all need to let some of these people go. What do you mean, Bishop? Let the bitterness go. Let the anger go. Let the frustration go. Stop expecting from them what only God can repay you. He says, watch me. He called his servants and entrusted to them his property. Can I get you to say this? Say, watch me. Everything I have belongs to God. Nothing you have is yours. Even your breath. He gave you that in Genesis. Nothing you have, including your hair, is yours. Or whatever little bitch you left on there. Watch me. Uh, watch me. The Bible says that even those are numbered, which means, watch me, if he numbered them, that's because he keeps inventory. If he keeps inventory, you only keep inventory when everything you're inventorying is yours. Come on here. I need you to hear me. Everything you are, everything you have doesn't belong to you. Husbands, your wife is not yours. God says, I want her back after y'all are married better than I gave her to you. And if she's worse than the way I gave her to you, you were a horrible manager with her. I want your children back better than the way I gave them to you. I want you, watch me, I want your bad hand back better than the way I gave it to you. I want whatever I gave you back better than how I gave it to you. So watch me, say nothing I have, I own. Say it with me, y'all. Say nothing I have, I own. Say everything I have, I simply manage. And I need you to make this declaration. Say I'm a great manager. 
Now, verse 15 says, to one he gave five talents, to another he gave two talents, to another he gave one talent, each according to his ability. So five, uh, I, we learned at the 1115, I taught to you, five is the number of grace. So when you see these numbers, because why wouldn't he say I gave 11 talents? Because 11 means dysfunction. The numbers have a meaning. Say the numbers have a meaning. Why didn't he say 13 talents? Because, because every number has a meaning. Why didn't he say six talents? Six is the number of man. Every number is significant. So when he says he gave to one man five talents, first of all, a talent is a measure of money. He says, I gave to one man five talents. What did he give him? Five talents. What does that really mean? He's saying to this man, I'm giving you grace. What is grace? Grace is when God gives us something good we don't deserve. Can you be honest? Everything you've got, you got off of grace. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. That job, you didn't qualify for it. That was grace. What you're doing, you didn't qualify. That was grace. Where you live, you didn't qualify for it. That was grace. The fact that you're still standing and still breathing, that ain't because of how good at two shoes you've been. No, don't play golf. That's because of his grace. So he says to the man with five talents, hey, man, I'm giving you grace. Then he says to the man with two talents, two means this. It means uh, the number of witness. What does that mean? The Bible says don't receive an accusation against anybody except out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. When you see something appear two times, it means pay attention. Check this out. Jesus is referred to as the last Adam. Some translations say the second Adam, but he's not really just the second Adam because he's the last. And if you're the second uh, and there's someone after you, then, then you would be called the second because there's a third, but you're not really the second because you're the last because there is nobody after you because you are Alpha and Omega. Omega and Alpha, you're beginning and end, and there is no end after you because you are the end. Now, what are you trying to say to me, Bishop? Watch me. <clears throat> Somebody say it one more time. You got to get the recording. Watch me. Look, 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 look. Two means, watch me. Everybody put up a two. Everybody put up a two. Everybody, everybody, come on, do it. Like, put your hand up, girl. Somebody in the building. You were sitting in your living room. I saw you try to do this here. I saw you in the spirit. Put it up. Let me tell you about Two, watch me. The second time you do something, it should be better. Because you learned, watch me, you learned from the first time. See, watch me. Your second go round at this thing ought to be much better because you learned the first time. I need you to open up your mouth and say the next time is going to be the best time. Come on. Yeah, listen, I don't care if you had a divorce before. This next one, you're going to get this one together. I don't care if you lost your business before. This next one, you're going to learn from your mistakes. I don't care if you got fired before. This next opportunity, say, I learned the first time. So two, two is the law of witness. The number of witnesses means the second time ought to be better. Jesus is the second Adam. Adam is the first Adam. Everything that Adam wasn't, Jesus is. So what is the second man being given? He's being given another opportunity. What does that tell us about this man? You didn't screw it up before. But I'm giving you an opportunity to learn from your mistakes. So when you see him giving two talents, the reason he's giving two talents is the master is communicating to him, don't mess this up like you did last time. And I need you to open your mouth and tell the Lord, say, I got it this time, God. Come on. Uh-uh, y'all ain't got no faith. I need you to say it. Watch me like you believe from the top of your head to the soles of your feet that whatever second opportunity God gives you, this time you're going to knock that ball out the park. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but you're getting ready to get a second opportunity at something. And when the second opportunity comes around, you better knock that thing out the park. Then he gives the man the one talent. And the one talent, watch me, it means unity with the master. Now, the significance of him being given one talent means, watch me, you would think, well, what's so low about him? The one is communicating, you are closer to me than the others. 
So you should have more to show than them. Can I give you an example of this from the Bible? John, not John the Baptist, John the disciple, who's referred to as John the beloved. The Bible says that during the day, John would be laid up on Jesus' bosom. Can you imagine two grown men and John laid up on him? And must be in the middle of a meeting, he just laid up on him. Just what the Bible says happened. Check this out. He was closer to Jesus than anybody else. So much so that Jesus' crucifixion, Mary Magdalene, Mary his mother, and John are standing there. He looks at his mother and says, woman, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. He says, listen, John, I'm entrusting you with my mama when I'm gone because I don't trust my brothers. Sometimes you can trust people, watch me, that ain't your blood closer than you can trust people that are. <laughs> He said, I trust you with my mama, so I'm giving you my mama. Listen, you get, you get all my clothes except the thing they took off of me and they, and they threw cash lots for. Everything I had, John, I'm giving it to you. Check this out. John was closer. Say so he was closer. So because he was closer, he got more. What do you mean he got more? Who wrote the book of Revelation? Revelation means, watch me, it means, watch me, apocalypto in Greek. Apocalypto means to uncover. Check this out. Because he was closer, he, Jesus let him behind the covers. Which means if I'm closer to God, I should have more to show. But can we be honest? Sometimes the more spiritual people are, the less fruit they have to show. Because while you're busy praying, you needed to get up and do something. Come on, y'all. While you were busy trying to judge other people, you needed to judge yourself. But I speak to everybody under the sound of my voice. Somebody say, it's time for results. So listen, he's got unity with the master. Which means, in essence, what does this mean for us? He is more spiritual than the others because he's got a greater connection to the master than the other two do. Which was his advantage. Look at me. Your advantage is that you can pray. Your advantage is that you can worship. See, you are not at a disadvantage because of what you don't have financially. You're at an advantage because you didn't need money to get it done anyhow. You got something called favor. Holla favor! You are not at a disadvantage because of what happened to you as a little girl or what happened to you as a little boy. You've got something called favor. Watch me. What was meant to be a wound is where your strength is. Have you ever noticed that when something gets wounded that it heals stronger than it was before? That skin is tighter than it was before. That, that skin says, watch this, we've already been through something, so you better come with something stronger than that if you're going to try to take me out. And I'm speaking to some survivors tonight. I don't want to preach. I'm speaking to some people that didn't just survive from it, but baby, you're thriving from it. So he's closer. That's his advantage. Don't think that, watch me. Well, you know, uh, everybody out here in the world is doing this and doing this and doing this. And, I, and I'm spiritual and I'm not saying anything. You're missing your advantage. You are not at a disadvantage because you got less talents, but you got closer proximity to the master. That's your advantage. Please hear me. Your advantage is that, watch me, they may know more than you, but you have a God that owns them. I need y'all to hear me. I rebuke any inferiority complex that set itself up on the inside of you that makes you think you are less than. I rebuke any insecurity that's in you that makes you think you don't have what it takes. I speak to your inner man. That is your spirit, and I command it to rise up and strength. The Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. I command you to be bold tonight. Everybody on three, holler bold. One, two, three. Boom. Watch. Each was given according to his ability. Ability is the key word because ability means force. How forceful will you be with what I gave you? 
That just means I won't take no for an answer. Then it means abundance. Say, I have an abundance of what I need. The higher you go, the thinner your circle. What do you need? An abundance, watch me, of self-confidence. Why? Because I can't get it from my circle. The higher you go, the thinner the air people fall off. They call it, uh, um, when you get that, what do they call it? What do they call it? When you get high sickness, altitude sickness, high sickness, altitude sickness. <laughs> high sickness. <laughs> Some of y'all tall folks, you're just sick up there. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> watch me. Everybody can't go up there. Matter of fact, there are certain places, watch me, where when you go to certain places, they call it a snake line. Snake line means, watch me, snakes can't live beyond that place because they don't have the ability to thrive at that altitude. Let me tell you what happened for some of you. You didn't lose a friend. Watch me, you found a snake. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. I don't need you calling them back because you feel lonely in quarantine. I don't need you going back to them because you feel it, but life is too short. I just need to call. Mm -mm. I don't need you going back down that because to get the snake means you got to come down from the summit down past the snake line. Watch me. Watch me. Each according to his ability. See, you, whatever you need, you have to have an abundance of it. Say, I have an abundance of what I need. All right? See, so, so for some of what you're going to do, you need patience. You need to have an abundance of it. For some of it, you need confidence. You have to have an abundance of it. Whatever it is that you are going to do, because remember, everything you have isn't yours. It belongs to who? The Lord. So whatever I'm going to take and turn it into something greater, there's certain things I'm going to need an abundance of. See, for some of you, you're going to need an abundance of prayer. Uh, not some of us, all of us. I pray all the time so I don't lose my mind. That's Luke 18. Right? Right? Here's what the word ability means. Meaning, if it means nothing to you, it explains why you don't fight for it. I never understood folk who roll over easy until I realized it's because it don't mean nothing to them. You won't take an easy L if it means something to you. As a matter of fact, I need to prophesy to somebody. Watch me. The winner that's in you is rising. Watch me. In a way you've never seen that winner rise. You are entering, uh, I just heard the Holy Ghost. Please, can y'all free me tonight? Can y'all free me tonight? I just heard the Holy Ghost. He says, son, uh, for 15 people that are watching, from now until the end of this year, every single day will be nothing but win after win after win after win. Matter of fact, the Holy Ghost says he's locked out the enemy. There shall be no unnecessary defeat or failure. If you think you're one of them 15, God will know it because of your response with praise. I said he'll know it because of your response with praise. You just gonna sit there on your couch? I said he'll know it because of your response with praise. Let's go. That's me. That's me. Then it means might. Might is how you fight. Might ain't fight. Might is how you act when you fight. See, you ever saw somebody fight, but you could tell that they didn't care if they won or not? Now listen, can I go back? Any boxing fans? Boxing fans? Boxing fans? Okay. I'm, to be honest, I'm not a boxing fan like that. I, I was like a, 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 a title fight fan. You know, Holyfield, Tyson. Title fights. Tyson said in that fight, I, listen, Tyson said, <laughs> I ain't losing. And this is supposed to be a boxing match. But I will bite you. <laughs> Because I don't plan to lose today. Now, I'm not encouraging anybody to bite anybody. What are you saying, Bishop? You got to have that type of fight in you that says, you know what? 
I'm not just going to take another unnecessary loss. You got to have that type of fight that says, by any means necessary, I'm going to accomplish the goal. And I may get knocked down. Watch me get up. I may feel discouraged. Watch me get up. I may feel like giving up. Watch me get up. I just need you to get, keep getting up. 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 Somebody say, there's might in my fight. So listen. So listen. It means force, abundance of, meaning, might. Strength and violence. And violence in the Bible doesn't mean physical violence. It doesn't mean that. Violence in the Bible, watch me everybody, violence in the Bible means this. It means focused and unwavering. So the Lord gave five, two, and one according to their ability to focus and not waver. Sometimes the closer you are to the Lord, the more you waver. You waver because you know you can keep asking the same question multiple times. Expecting a different answer. Y'all ain't going to talk to me tonight. See, we're going to focus on this man with the one talent. Because this man, really what we discover is this man used his proximity not to produce results, but to do the exact opposite. He used his proximity to the master, his unity. What does one mean? Unity with the master. To justify his lack of productivity. I'm close to so-and-so, they'll understand. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You ever had somebody in your life that was close to you? And because they were close to you, watch me, they would always underproduce than people that were further from you? Anybody know what I'm talking about? See, the people who you expected the most from did the least because they were the closest. And the people that were the furthest away performed the best. Because, watch me, because they appreciated access. The people that were close to you sometimes take it for granted. Come on. This man that had unity with the master, he used what he knew about his master as a way to justify his lack of productivity. And sometimes the more spiritual the, you are, hear me, you use your spirituality to justify your inactivity. I'm praying about it. You don't need to pray about what you were told to do. That ain't nothing to pray about. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me now. I don't pray about directives. I don't pray about commands. Christians saying I want to pray about it means I'm going to defy. I don't want to do it. It's my way to be spiritually rebellious. That's what it is. Okay, let me show you because some of y'all are like, hmm. Well, hmm to you. Joshua gets on his knees and he prays. He says, Lord, we lost the battle. We lost the battle today, I, and we should have won this battle. I can't believe this, God. This would have been easy. You know what God tells him? Stop praying. Why would God say stop praying? I thought he told me to pray all the time until it's time to act. And once it's time to act, you need to get up off your knees and get on your feet and make something happen. Joshua got on his knees and said, Lord, how did we lose? He says, get up. Stop praying. There's sin in the camp. Somebody didn't do what I said. Go find him. Kill him. And next time you go fight this battle, you'll win. I'm going to tell y'all, watch me. There's something that's been going on in your thoughts. You got to find it and kill it. And next time you go make it happen. There's something going on in your spirit. You got to find it and kill it. And the next time you go make it happen, there's something going on in your family. And you got to find it and kill it. And the next time make it happen. Can I finish? Watch, watch. We're going we to we cut. I'm going to go on 225 and get you home fast. Here we go. 
We ain't going a long way. Going a short way. Watch me. Let's skip to verse 18. Skip to verse 18. But he who had received the one talent went. The five, he doubles it. The two, he doubles it. Bible says the Bible the five, he does it immediately, at once. Look at this guy. But he who received the one. What, what does one mean? Unity with the master. What does that mean? He's closer to the master. What did he do? He went and he dug. In the what? In the ground. Here's the first thing he did. Sometimes when you're close to people, you are messy with your access. Because you leave a meeting and go tell people that wasn't in the meeting what the meeting was about. You're messy. You're messy. You're messy. You, you, watch me. You leave the discussion and go, go reveal what the discussion was to everybody that you need to know that. That's messy. Y'all ain't going to talk to me now. A lot of the mess going on in your family is because you got messy aunties and messy uncles and messy folk in your family. That, but don't say nothing to her. Well, why you say something to me? Be grown and go say it to her yourself. Y'all ain't going to talk. But he who received the one talent went and he dug in the ground. If you dig in the ground, that means you get messy. But here's the problem. What did you think you were going to get putting the money in the ground? You were hiding your treasure as if you were going to produce something from it. So you get messy. Watch me. After you get messy, you misuse. Come on. Come on, Eminem. After you get messy, what do you do? He misuses. He's closer to him than anybody else. What does he do? He misuses what he was given. You ever spent hours on the phone with somebody and they, they watch me, and they misuse what you gave them? And then you spend two seconds with somebody saying, watch this message. Child, I watched that whole message and my whole, I got my life. You've been on the phone with Darlene them for four hours and she ain't done nothing. After, watch me, after he's messy, he misuses what he has. Watch me. And what does he do? He hides whose money? His master's money. He hid his master's money. Would you come? Won't you come? Can you hide? Because mm, I need you to see it. Matter of fact, push it back, son. Push it back, son. Push it back, son. I don't want you falling off the stage. Go on, get under there. Y'all see, he's a tall guy. Tall guy. You're going you're to catch it. Come on. Come on. Uh -uh, get your feet in there. Now, look. Look at me. Tall guy. Somebody say tall guy. Hiding. You'll catch it in a minute. Strength. Hiding. Promise. Hiding. Watch me. And the thing of it is, he ain't even his. He belongs to somebody. Y'all gonna catch it in a minute. You have been doing that for years. You've been hiding what you've been given. You've been hiding what you've been provided. Watch me. And it doesn't even make sense because you don't even fit under no table like that. You're only going to say nothing to me. And God is saying, I have given you so much, but you hide it. You hide your testimony. You hide your story. You hide your sharing. Put them five T's up. Remember the five T's we talked about? Those five T's. Somebody say five T's. These are five T's, five talents, five things that God has given us. Throughout the Bible, these are things that God gives us, and God says, I want them back. The first thing is your time. That's faithful church attendance. God says, how you hiding from church online? You ain't got to get dressed. You can literally be in your drawers. Come on here, y'all, and get in the word. Come on, you can get delivered in your drawers. Hey, boss, y'all. Treasure. Somebody say, you can be in the shower. Sure can. I'll be on the phone all the time and shower. I, I just, it's a force of habit. I just take it with me. I just, 
because of that good noise cancellation, don't nobody know. Look. Treasure. We get to faithfully give our tithes, offerings, first fruits, and love offerings. People that are givers always get more. Say the givers get more. Matter of fact, I just need you to open your mouth and say, there's a harvest coming to me. Say, and it's going to be huge. Say, I'm a faithful giver, and I'm getting mine. Because you're blessed to be a blessing. It's not just about cash, cars, and clothes. No, that's ridiculous. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Money is a resource. It's a tool. It's not the source. Talent. We get to serve using our gifts and talents to change lives. God is like, how are you going to hide? Let's go back to the table. How are you going to hide? You can sing. This church, you hiding in church. Won't sing. You know how to work the cameras. Won't work a camera. You know how to work a vacuum. Won't work a vacuum. You know how to work a share. Won't share. And God says, but I actually gave you your talents. How are you hiding with what I gave you? Let's go back to the five T's. Come on, five T's. Come on, so this man can get up on his table. <laughs> He's doing a great job, great sport. I ain't heard you, Emma. Okay, okay. All right. Thirst. Passion in our prayer, praise, and worship. Say, my thirst keeps Jesus first. See, God gives you a thirst for something that only he can feel and then says, now give it to me. But most times, what do we do? We, do, we give it to social media. We give it to people. You give it to sex. Come on, y'all, let's talk. You give it to drugs, you give it to alcohol, you give it to this, you give it to that. No, I'm not saying this to judge you. I'm just saying, how are you thirsty for something that can't actually fill the void? Ready? Let's go back to the five T's. Testimony. Say my testimony. We get to invite people to church. It literally requires a button. A pushed button. Is that how you're doing on Android too? You push a button? Okay. I don't know. I figured you had to call tech support and get them to share it for you. I don't know. <laughs> I just messed up. Somebody say, I've been given so much. Say, and I can't hide it anymore. Everybody look at me. Say, I've been given a whole lot. Say, and I can't hide it anymore. Uh, what, what is this? This is you coming out of quarantine. Come on here. This is you coming out of quarantine. This is you coming out of hiding. This is you rising up and being everything God has ordained for you. Open up your mouth. Say, I'm not hiding anymore. So listen. So listen, so listen, so listen. Let me finish it. Can I finish it? Look, the one that had received the one talent, verse 24, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man. Being given one talent wasn't a punishment. It was supposed to be a testimony. He was supposed to not focus on what he didn't have. He was supposed to focus on what he had. And he'd be a testimony. Because see, five getting five, okay. Two getting two. Great. One getting ten? How'd you do that? How'd you do that now? I need you to open up your mouth and say, God did it. God did it. It's no testimony that everything was great, everything was wonderful, no problems, you made it happen. It's a testimony. When the kitchen sink, the lights, the computer system. <laughs> it's a testimony when everything that could go wrong went wrong and you still won. Come on, y'all. I need you to make this declaration and say, I'm a testimony. Say, because everything that could have went wrong, 
Say, it did go wrong. Say, but I'm still standing. Look. Look here. Look here. But the one had one came forward and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man. What is he saying? I know you, Master. I know you because I'm closer to you than them. And because I knew you had, watch me, hard man there, means I knew you had expectation that wouldn't accept excuses from me. Listen, don't be against the people that require you to be better. We live in a culture where you, go, we're gra you gravitate towards the people that give you applause, but they keep you average. Did you hear what I just said? You gravitate towards the people, oh, thanks for showing me love. You need somebody in your life that can show you some critique. That's cute. Let's get this together, though. That's nice. Let's do that better. How do you know you're mature? When you don't want to hear applause, you want to hear what you can fix. I declare you a mature person. And mature people, listen, I don't need you clapping and shouting for me. I want to hear what could I have done better. Say, Lord, show me what I can do better. All right, we're almost done. Y'all still with me? He said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you didn't sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. Now think about this. He's a complainer too. He gets messy. He misuses his master's money. We got three M's there. And now we learn that he's a liar and a complainer. Got it? And the South, they say, if you lie, you'll steal. Now watch the jump. If you steal, you'll kill. I mean, that's a huge jump. Like, how you go from some M&Ms out the corner store to? Here's the point. Because your actions show a disregard for consequence. And whenever you do not have a fear, and when I say fear, I don't mean fear. I mean a reverence for consequence. You will act, here's today's message, foolishly. This man didn't have a fear of who he was close to because his proximity made him common with the man. So he didn't fear, he didn't fear this man checking him because he'd made the man common. Sometimes we don't have reverence of God. Come on. Because we're so close, we've made him common. When I pray, heaven moves. So now you only pray when you're going through something because you know heaven responds. Man, I need you to open your mouth, make this declaration. Say, Lord, I won't misuse my closeness. Come on, y'all. Please open your mouth and say, say, Lord, I won't misuse my closeness to you. So it's a complainer lie. So look what he says, verse 25. Here's what I'm going to get. So I was afraid and I went and I hid. Now, why are you afraid? This tells us about the man's background. You have a background of scarcity because you live in fear. Let me tell you even what happens in America. It's designed to instill fear. Fear. Not reverential fear, like how we should have with the Lord. Not reverence. You know, in, this, in the South they call the preachers the reverend. It just means we honor what you do. We honor who you are. Y'all ready? Check this out. This man is afraid. Watch me. He's afraid that he might lose what he has. So he misuses what he has because he operates from a scarcity mentality. Many people operate from, I might not ever get this again, so I don't want to waste it. But if you don't treat it like seed, it's your harvest. You miss me. If you don't treat it like seed, it's your harvest. That means that's all it will ever be. 
He knew when he put it in the ground it wasn't going to become anything, but he felt more comfortable, watch me, in lack because he knew what to expect from that. Okay? Let's take this outside of the context of a talent. Let's make it as a relationship. You set up for a one-talent relationship because at least you know what to expect from them even though you don't expect much. Y'all ready? Can I keep going? Right, I'm almost done. Okay, you ready? Look. So I was afraid, and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Look what he says. Here! Now, if it was in the ground, it's all crumble up, dirty, messy. He says, here. <laughs> you can have what's yours. Watch me. Say, say that's an insult. Because I didn't give it to you like that. I gave it to you like this. This was not, they fresh in the iron knees. You gave it to me like this. If I look at me, God says, everything I give you, I want it back better than I gave it to you. That's the way the kingdom works. Management. Stewardship. So question. Have you given back to God better than he's given to you? Just let me let it sit for a moment. Clean it up. Play some cleanup music. That's too happy. Play some. <laughs> Come on, church. Clean up, clean up. Everybody everywhere. Clean up, clean up. Everybody do your share. It's Barney and Friends. Listen. Hey, Harvest Kids. <laughs> I said clean up music. He literally plays a clean up song. All right. That'll work, though. We made it work. That's good. Everybody look. Everybody look. Question. Are your finances better? Y'all ready? Okay, we're going to go somewhere. You ready? Is your health better? And I'm not saying these as negative things to beat us down or beat us up. I'm saying, God, somebody said to me the other day, they said, um, I think I mentioned in one of the messages on Sunday, I had some glasses from when I was 16 years old. Still got them. Um, me personally, I'll, I'll have shoes for years. I keep them clean. Every night, I, take, I clean them. Can I let you know the best cleaner? Um, I'll tell you on prayer. I, listen, mm -mm, no, it's a bathroom cleaner. Them scrubbing bubbles will keep your shoes anointed. Come on here. Come on here. Them scrubbing bubbles, your shoes will stay new. People always be like, God, dog, where'd you just get them? Child, I got these in 84. Ah, you got them in 94. Ah. <laughs> you had them for a while. All right? All right, so listen, guys, listen. Say, Lord, Lord make, me a great manager make me a great manager of what you give me, in Jesus' name. Come on, release a praise right there. Release a praise, release a praise, release a praise right there. All right. Look at verse 26. So his master answers him, you wicked and lazy or slothful servant. He says, you expect, you do the least and expect the most. You want me to make something happen for you, but you don't make it happen for me. Servant. You knew I reap where I am not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. What is he saying? He's saying, you knew I wanted it back better than I gave it to you. That was the whole reason I gave it to you. I didn't give it to you for you to give it back to me the way I gave it to you. Y'all got what I'm saying? Say, Lord, I'm going to do something with what you gave me. 
Come on, open your mouth and say it again. Say, Lord, I'm going to do something with what you gave me. Come on, make the enemy know, watch me, that from this day forward, you're going to be at the top of the stewardship list, at the top of the management list. Say, Lord, I'm going to do something with what you gave me. Watch. He says this. He says, you knew I reaped where I had not sown and gathered where I had not sown. Let's see. Then I ought to have invested. You ought to have invested, verse 27, my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I could have received it back with some interest. Look at me. He said, what I wanted wasn't first. What you wanted was. And do you know what that type of behavior is? Y'all ready? It's foolish behavior. The Bible lists out a few types of fools. And I want to give you the quick definitions. The one is a petty fool. P-E-T-I. There's a few different definitions in the Bible. Petty fool. Say a petty fool. This is the fool that makes mistakes because they're inconsistent. Got it? They make mistakes because they're inconsistent. So you say, well, it's not working. Well, you only half worked it. All right? I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, I am not a petty fool. P-E-T-I is how that word is spelled in Hebrew. Here's the next type of fool. It's a kessel fool. K-E-S-I-L. Hebrew word for fool. This is a prideful fool. This fool makes the same mistakes but never learns from them and doesn't listen to instruction or correction. They repeat the same cycles, and when you try to tell them something, they try to tell you how they know what they're doing. I know. I know. You're right. You're right. But see, you don't understand what I'm trying to say. Okay. Okay. Here's the next type of fool. A let's fool. This fool say, let's just do what we're going to do. <laughs> L-E-T-Z. This is a fool that mocks God or God's people. That's a word there. They mock, ridicule, reject, refuse, and ignore with disdain. Watch me. The way of God. The master, what is this whole parable about? The kingdom. So what is this about? God's ways. Why is this man acting foolish? Because he's mocking what he knew his master wanted. You knew I wanted something back because I told you. I, t I, lit I gave you a checklist. I said, follow the checklist. All you had to do was read it and do it. You knew what to do. Don't sit up here and lie to me. Follow the checklist quiet in this church. You ready? A let's fool is always at the center of strife and division. They attempt to malign reputations through lying and deceit. How do you know this man was a fool? Because he tried to literally malign the reputation of his master by deceiving and lying and saying, I knew you to be a hard man. Because I'm the one in your life that makes you produce. Question, where were the other people in his life that knew he was supposed to be doing something? Can we talk about it for about two minutes? Actually, I ain't got two minutes. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about about 15 seconds. Where were the people in his life that knew he was supposed to be producing but let him not produce? If you are surrounded by enablers and you know they're enabling you, you are actually the problem. Not even your enablers anymore. What is that? You know that they you you know that you you know that they know they shouldn't be doing what they're doing to help. But they're enablers. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. Okay, okay. Here's the here's the next type of fool. You ready? A navel fool. Not navel. Navel. N-A-B-A-L. This fool lives as if there is no God. 
Matter of fact, I'll give you a scripture for that. Psalm 53, 1. Right? I'm moving fast because it's time. Psalm 53, 1. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are what? Corrupt. Doing what? Abominable. In Wait. 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 Iniquity. So this man's daddy was like that. This man's mama was like that. This man with the one talent bloodline had a history of unproductive living. And he didn't realize the master pulled him closer. Like Jesus has pulled us closer and said, now you ain't supposed to be like that. You are going to be the one that does what they wouldn't do. And I love them and I love you, but you're going to be the one to show them who I am. I love them and I love you, but you're going to be the one to show them how to make it happen. I love them and I love you, but you are about to show them I am God. But what does this man do? He lives as if there is no master. Where did he learn to dig up stuff and bury it? In his house. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. When he was growing up, I got I to gotta, I gotta take you through 225 and hear him drop you off. When he was growing up, he learned, bury the truth. Barry was really going on. Come on. We don't talk in this house. We slam doors in this house. We don't talk in this house. We cuss each other out in this house. Come on, y'all, please talk to me. We, we don't deal with the issues. We pretend we have no issues. And, and what goes on in this house stays in this house. And watch me, there's wisdom there. But also you got to be careful that it doesn't teach you the behavior that says it's okay to be unproductive as long as I make other people think I am. Question, do you want to be right or effective? What do you mean right or effective? Do you want people to think great of you or do you actually want to be great? Because people can think that you're more than you are. And people can think that you're less than you are, but you're, but you're more than they think. Go listen to the recording. Some of y'all are like, wait, my, what, huh? <laughs> I understand. It's okay. I said it fast. This man is a fool. Say he's a fool. He lives as if he's not going to have to see his master again. Question, Wednesday night. Are we living like we're never going to have to stand in front of the master? I'm going to do my thing. This is my life. My life, my life, my life. I'm going to do what I want to do. All these years I live for these kids. I'm going to do what I'm about to do. And that may be true. But why is the focus self-centered instead of God-centered? Come on, can I get you to lift your hands? Come on, let's drink some water. Say, Lord, <laughs> say your will be done, not mine. This man lived as a naval fool. He lived like he was never going to have to stand in front of his master and give an account. Look at me, everybody. One day, and that's not some day when we die. That's every day. We have to stand in front of God. And he checks the balance. So what happened today? 
Well, Lord, I had this. And let's be honest. Come on, you be honest. Sometimes days can slap you around, kick you down, knock you out. And by the time you get to the end of that day, you're like, you tell me, let's pray. You're like, thank you, Jesus. If I look at me, if I look at me, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. If I look at me, here's the thing. God says, every day you have to settle the account with me. And I'm not expecting perfection. I'm just expecting results. What do you have to show for today? What did you learn today? Can I give you a very practical principle right here? At the end of every day, record one thing that that day taught you. So then you don't see it as a waste. I got to close it, right? Yeah. Then you can look at your day and say, you know what? This joker was rough, but I learned to persevere. This joker wasn't no punk, but it made me pray. Because when I wanted to go let her have it, I started to pray. Come on, can we be real, y'all? This joy was not a joke, but I learned something. So here, here Lord. <laughs> Yeah, Lord, this, you gave me a woozy, but I got something from it. Catch it, y'all. Lord, that relationship was rough. But watch me. But now I'm anointed to see crazy coming. So I know how to cross. I, I don't even, mm -mm, your spirit was loud from over there. I can recognize game. Y'all catching it? Lord, I, I wasn't. And then before you know it, you're adding to your one. I learned that. I got that. I did that. I did that. I did that. I did that. And now all of a sudden, you take your one talent and you've added to it. And now, not only do you have more to show than the other, I'm also closer to him than the others. So I'm spiritual and successful. I can pray and slay. See, I know how to speak in the tongues of the most high and the tongues of the boardroom. I got both of them. I dare you to just get a little hood for about 15 seconds and just say, I got both of them. Look, say, I'm fleeing the foolish. Come on, Wednesday. Say, I'm fleeing the foolish. I got to quit because I'm out of time. Say it again. Say, I'm fleeing the foolish. Look at me. Look at me. Um, verse 30 of, of, of Matthew 25. I got I to quit. Verse 30, Matthew 25. So what ends up happening? The master takes from him. He says, you wicked and lazy servant. He says, take him where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. He says, this servant is worthless. Why? Because he didn't do anything with what I gave him. Look at me. You will always feel like you're worthless if you're not working what you have. Say, Lord, I'm going to work what I have. Don't compare what you have to the next. Just work what you have. Can I just get you to say, I'm going to work what I have. Look, in the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's, let's, let's cross over here real quick. Psalm 112. 112. Cupid. 
112, verse 10. Can I, y'all want to read the whole verse, the whole chapter? Okay, all right, we're going to read the whole chapter. Y'all got to read real fast. Y'all got to read like bishop, which means you got to read real fast. All right, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who what? Fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. Verse 2, his offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Verse 3, wealth and riches are in his house. Come on, say wealth and riches are in my house. Say my righteousness endures forever. Say my light dawns in the darkness. Say, God, you are gracious, merciful, and righteous. Verse 5, it is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. Verse 6, for the righteous, say that's me, will never be moved. Ooh, wait a minute. Come on, say, I will not be moved. Say, I'm steadfast, unmovable. Verse 7, y'all ready for this? He's not afraid of bad news. Why? I'm going to work what I got. And even if I get a bad news story, a bad news email, or whatever, I'm not afraid. Open up your mouth and say, I will not be afraid of bad news. Say, my heart is firm. Trusting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord. Verse 8, his heart is steady. Say, my heart's steady. Remember, heart in the Bible means mind. Say, my mind is steady. Say, I will not be afraid. Until I look in triumph, come on, say, until I look in triumph over my adversaries. What are you saying to me, Bishop? God says, listen, you're about to be glad you didn't give up. You're about to be glad you didn't quit. You're about to be glad you didn't let the enemy stop you. You're about to look at your enemies in triumph. What's an enemy? Anything that has ever opposed your forward progress. You're about to look at it in triumph. Yeah. Look, verse 9, he's distributed freely. Blessed to be a. So now we know how to five and two double dares. I said, now we know how to five and two double dares. It wasn't just they were good businessmen, they were givers. Now we know how they double theirs. They just want good businessmen, they were givers. I need you to make this declaration and say, faithful givers always flourish. He's given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted with honor. Say, I shall be honored wherever I go. Here's verse 10 talking about the wicked servant. The wicked man sees it and is angry. So now we know how he, the one with the one, looked at the other two. He got mad. You got double? <laughs> you got double? What does he do? He gnashes his teeth. And melts away. What he hoped life would be, it never becomes. Because his desires perish. Why? Because he didn't see himself as a manager. So he acted foolish. But you. But me. But we. Please make this prayer with me and I'm done. Say, I choose to flee the foolish. Everything I have, I'm a manager of. I will give it back to God better than it was given to me. Like the man with two talents, I got another chance. Woo! 
come on, y'all. Say, I've got another chance. Say, if I've got a pulse, God still has a plan. He's not done with me yet. He's not done with me yet. And this will still be the best year of my life. This will still be the best decade of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. 
They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.